You know, there are people who say because they are in faith, they don't believe they should use drugs. They reject medical intervention. And there are no people who say they, it's against the word of God for them to take blood transfusion. And they lose the lives of their precious ones. Faith is not in those things. But faith will work with them. Faith does not say don't make use or take advantage of natural resources, natural remedies, natural solutions. But faith does not trust in them because natural resources, remedies, and solutions can fail. The Word of God is a lamp unto your feet and a light unto your path. Be blessed today as God's servant, Reverend Peter Ayo Alabi, brings you God's Word. Today I will show you also the difference between faith, foolishness, and presumption. The difference between faith, foolishness, and presumption. Of course, we'll explain what faith is. So what is foolishness? I'll give you very detailed explanation. I'm just explaining, please. I'm not insulting people. For real. Foolishness is exhibiting folly. Deficient in understanding. Without judgment or discretion. Silly. Unwise. Stupid. Idiotic. Senseless. Ill-advised. Brainless. Witless. Irrational. It's an explanation. Please, don't leave service today and, and carry your notes when you want to have an argument. And say, stay over there. Exhibiting fully. <laughs> don't do that. You know, suppose that people throw around the word foolish, foolish, foolish around. They don't really know what it means. It's a very heavy word. It's a very heavy word. So notice again. Foolishness is exhibiting fully, deficient in understanding, Without judgment or discretion. You notice that statement you find in Paul's prayer. Pray for the saints not to be like this. Philippians 1.9 This I pray that your love will abound yet more and more in knowledge and in all what? Judgment or discretion. Did you see that? That you may approve the things that are excellent. You remember in Ephesians 5.15 he says be not unwise. But knowing what the will of the Lord is, walk circumspectly. So do you really see that foolishness is to be witless, senseless, brainless? This is what I'm saying now. And he uses the word again uh, in the definition, without judgment or discretion, silly, unwise, stupid, idiotic, senseless. A pastor said, he told his son sometimes, stop behaving like an idiot. He must say you're insulting me. He said, no, bring your dictionary. What's the meaning? He said, idiot is somebody who keeps repeating the same mistakes over and over again. He said, have you noticed you've been doing the same thing over and over again? I'm not insulting you. I'm just explaining what you're doing. Now, don't say that to yourself. <laughs> Idiotic, senseless, ill-advised. As you're going to see now, some people think they are in faith, but they are actually ill-advised. Brainless, witless, irrational. What are examples of such a thing? Number one, when you see husbands and wives becoming too spiritual, to the neglect of family relationships. That is not faith. That is foolishness. I'll repeat again. 
An example of foolishness that is mistaken for faith is when you see husband and wives in couple becoming too spiritual to the neglect of family relationships and duties, such as cooking dinner. You see, by faith, when we get to today, like he provided manna for them in the wilderness, our table shall be set in the presence of our enemies. So we don't go for shopping, no market, no nothing. Faith will make food for us today. Or taking care of the house. And you know, the way some Christians live, you can tell that this is, the, this is what they think is faith. Because their house is dirty. So after the Bible says, we have come to, a, to an innumerable company of angels. Oh yeah, angel, big broom. You know, it sounds ridiculous. But when we were on the campus many years ago, there was a fellowship on the campus that sprung up, and this is a true life story, and there were some of those fellows who refused to go for exams because they said they sent angels to write it. I'm not kidding you. This happened in Ife, I'm telling you. Yes. They, 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 they said angels had gone to write the exam. Well, they failed. <laughs> the angel either didn't have writing materials <laughs> or the angel the, they were not brilliant <laughs> the angels didn't take the classes so they didn't understand what to write <laughs> because the bible doesn't say angels excel in wisdom and knowledge they excel in strength Have you noticed? Clap if you want to clap. <laughs> and that's the truth. Because from what we see in the scriptures, angels don't have infinite knowledge. They are still searching and looking into salvation. Because they don't know. Are you getting that? It's what they are told that they know. That's why they have to wait for you to say something. They, they hacking to the voice of God's word. Are you getting that now? Those guys probably didn't know that. They shouldn't have sent angels to write that. <laughs> Maybe they should have sent the Holy Ghost. <laughs> but that was foolishness. But they were doing it in the name of we are spirit men. We are word of faith men. I tell you, I know some of those guys, they lost their studentship. Yeah. So I'm not telling you, still, I, was, I knew these people I'm talking about. I knew them. I know the people I'm talking about. Lost studentship. Some of them, with God's help, were able to, you know, get their steps back and they had to start all over again. Those that could did. Yeah. And so it's not to mock them. And I tell you that I know some of them, at least one or two, who came back into the school, restarted again and finished well. But they lost those years to foolishness. You see what I'm saying? Because things have happened in Christian history, even in modern times, in the name of faith. And people do foolish things. You know, there are people who say, because they are in faith, they don't believe they should use drugs. They, de they, they, they reject medical intervention. You know, are there no people who say they, it's against the word of God for them to uh, take blood transfusion? And they lose the lives of their precious ones. 
That is unfounded. That's foolishness. That's not faith. That's not faith. So understand that very well. That there's a difference between foolishness and faith. Presumption. Presumption is to take or suppose to be true or entitled to believe without examination or proof. And particularly the one I just mentioned now also still falls in the line of presumption. People who say blood transfusion is against you. You look in scriptures, what they are standing on in the Bible is a total misunderstanding of the Bible. And they are presumptuously concluded that it is against their faith in God to take medical intervention. So presumption, I'll repeat again, is to take or suppose to be true. So when you take something and suppose that that thing is true, whereas it is not so. Or entitled to belief without examination or proof. Entitled to belief without examination or proof or on the strength of probability. Or on the strength of probability. It also means to take for granted. Presumption also means to take for granted. Presumption also means to infer. It also means to suppose. Then finally, of course, it means to assume. You should assume that something is so when it really isn't so. But notice what the Word of God teaches us about presumption. In 1 Thessalonians 5.21, it says, Prove all things. Then hold fast that which is good. Prove all things. When Gideon had an encounter with the angel of the Lord in Judges 6, and the angel came and started saying all kinds of great words. Go, you're a mighty man of valor. You will deliver the Israelites from the hands of the Midianites. I love what Gideon did. He asked a question. He said, if God be with us, where are all the miracles they told us about? God didn't get offended. Because the guy was asking for what? Proof. Now, of course, that doesn't mean you will ask God because he asked God for proof, cast the fleas, and all that. Now, why will I say you should do that today? Because he has given all the proof needed. As of the time of Gideon, those proofs were not yet in manifestation. Today, all that God needs to prove, he has proven in Christ. So you cannot say like Gideon that if God is with us, no, God is with you. Do you understand that now? But I'm trying to let you know that even men in the Old Testament, when they had instructions from heaven, they asked questions because they wanted proof. They didn't want to be presumptuous. You, you, you couldn't even be presumptuous if you are in Gideon's shoes. They say you are a mighty man of valor and you don't have some proof. You want to go and face an entire Midianite army. You just die for nothing. The things he was asked to do were crazy things. He rose up in the middle of the night and destroyed the altars, the shrines of his family. You go read the book of Judges, chapter 6, about Gideon. Crazy fellow. When he did it, the people in his household, his uncles, everybody came and decided his father should bring him out. They must kill him because he has destroyed their God. And I love what his father said to them. He said, let your God fight for himself now. They said, if your God is God, you should kill this boy before tomorrow. That was the way they settled the issue. And they knew those things had demonic influence for real. They knew. Even Gideon knew. So he wasn't going to step out on, on presumption. So he was asking that angel, this thing you are saying, are you sure? You see in Acts 17, is it 17 now, the Bereans, you will notice how the Bible tells us that they went to search the things Paul said, whether they were so. 
Then they now what? Believed. And I always say to you, that is the Christian thing to do. The proof that you need is in the word of God. So don't just be hearing things and be excited. Is it in the Bible? Otherwise, you'll be presumptuous. So, 1 Thessalonians 5.21 Prove all things. The word prove there is the Greek word dokimazo. Dokimazo means to test. By implication, it means to approve. I'll take it again. That word prove in 1 Thessalonians 5.21 is from the Greek word dokimazo. It means to test. By implication, it means to approve. It also means to allow. Then it also means to discern. Then finally, it means to examine. It means to allow, to discern, and to examine. Can you see that? There were some people who laid certain claims against Paul without proof. And Paul put it to them. Acts 24, verse 12 to 14. And they neither found in me the temple... They did not found me in the temple disputing with any man. These were folks who came against Paul in Jerusalem. Neither raising up the people, neither in the synagogue nor in the city. Verse 13. Neither can they prove the things whereof they now accuse me. In that place, you use a Greek word paristano, which means to substantiate. You know what I'm saying? All these accusations, neither can they substantiate it. Did you see that? And in verse 14, he says, But this I confess unto thee, that after the way which they call heresy. So again, he's saying, they call it heresy, but they don't even have a proof for their claims. Did you see? So worship I the God of my fathers, believing all things which are written in the law and in the prophets. So he say, contrary to, they, to them, I am doing what I have founded on what is written. But they have no proof. In Acts 17, at Athens, Verse 22 to 23, Acts 17, Then Paul stood in the midst of Mars Hill and said, Ye men of Athens, I perceive that in all things ye are too superstitious. He says, For as I passed by and beheld your devotions, I found an altar with this inscription, To the unknown God. He said, Whom therefore ye ignorantly worship. And that's another way of saying, You presumptuously, You suppose him to be something that he is not. He said, him declare, and that word declare actually means to make apparent, to, to bring evidence of something. Declare I unto you. Notice therefore that the word of God is the evidence or the proof of faith. That is, if you're really in faith and no presumption, you will have the word of God for it. Paul speaking to Timothy, 2 Timothy 3, 16, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. The word reproof here is the Greek word elechos. E-L-E-G-C-H-O-S. And that word means conviction. It means evidence. That word is used twice in the Greek New Testament. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine for reproof that is and it means evidence, conviction. So the evidence of faith is the word. You will see that word used in Hebrews 11.1. 1. That's the same word, electros. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. The electros, evidence of things not seen. So when a person is in faith, he is not being presumptuous. He is acting on something that is a certainty that is proven. 
And the word of the Lord is proven. God's word is not guesswork. It's not a probability. It's certain. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Somebody say hallelujah. hallelujah. So write this down. Faith, because when we're talking about presumption particularly, that is, you know, what many people are living by and they think is faith. So we must get this clear. So faith does not preclude the use of natural resources, remedies, and solutions. Faith does not preclude the use of natural resources, remedies, and solutions. But faith does not trust in them. So notice, faith does not preclude the use of natural resources, remedies, and solutions, but faith does not trust in them. Why is it so? Because natural resources, remedies, and solutions can fail. So, faith does not antagonize. Faith does not say, don't make use or take advantage of natural resources, natural remedies, natural solutions. Faith doesn't say that. However, even when we use natural remedies, natural resources, natural solutions, our faith is never in those things. Our faith is not in natural resources. Our faith is not in natural solutions. Our faith is not in natural remedies. But faith can work with them. The only thing faith will not work with is demonic power. So you can't use Jujuna and say you are using it by faith. Do you understand that now? Uh-huh. So, but if it's a natural resource, natural remedies, natural solutions, faith will work with that. But notice, faith is not in that. Because natural remedies, natural resources, natural solutions can fail. They are not infallible. Doctors make mistakes. Experts make mistakes. Professionals are human beings. They make mistakes. Natural resources fail. They do. Because they can be altered. One of our dear friends came around from Canada recently. He was still with us last night. And he was telling us, he said, it's almost with spring. Do you see what I'm saying now? And in Canada now, the weather, of course, winter is already over. And he said last week, they had one degrees. Then suddenly a few days after, 14 degrees. Do you see what I'm saying now? So it's just what? Going up and down. Like that. It snowed in UK just about two weeks ago. Snow in March and April. It doesn't make sense. Sorry, I know some of you don't know what that means. You see again, you see, you, you see mental ascent? <laughs> I know we're all schooled in Nigeria, so we only know two weathers. Sorry, three. Dry season, rainy season, and Amatan. Tell them, I say, we'll get there. <laughs> one of our beloved ones in this church I'm sure she's watching she just went to England recently and relocated to England and she went to England in winter she didn't go with any winter jacket and she arrived UK without winter jacket so brethren <laughs> thank God for brethren so our brethren there they gave her such a grand reception you know, and they were the ones that went to get winter jacket for and everything. I said, ah, but alas, you want to play with your life. You think it's a matter cool? I know I shame me. I told you one time we were preaching in, in Coventry and I was doing macho because 
the heater in the hall went off before the service. I told the pastor, I said, it's all right, it's all right, it's all right. So our preachers, no. He said, let us go and get your window. I said, no, 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 no. Just my suit is okay. I'll, 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 I'll preach. By the time I preach, the fire will go. <laughs> let me not tell you the rest of the story. <laughs> I went to get my jacket later. <laughs> this is what I'm saying now. Glory to God. Where were we? Natural remedies. So faith is not in those things. But faith will work with them. Faith is going to work with them. You can't say I'm a man of faith. Like I said in winter. Then you just jump out. You just wear shorts. I said the Lord will keep me warm. So to wear winter jacket is against the power of God. No, it's not. No, it's not. And I'm going to show this to you from God's word. But before I show you that, understand that natural remedies and solutions are only possible because the Lord put them there. Natural remedies and solutions are only possible because the Lord put them there and allows man... So both desire to search for them and eventually find them. i say it again. Natural remedies and solutions are only possible because the Lord put them there and allows men to both desire to search for them and eventually find them. I will see this in scripture. So let's look at it in the word. In Exodus 31 verse 1 to 7, we're going to see Bezalel and a few other men. And the Lord spoke unto Moses, saying, See, I have called by name Bezalel, the son of Uri, the son of Or, and of the tribe of Judah. And I have filled him with the Spirit of God in wisdom. You notice now, of course, when a student of the Bible, men in the Old Testament didn't have the indwelling of the Holy Ghost. So when God said, I've filled him with the Spirit of God, you will soon know what it means. He said, in wisdom and in understanding and in knowledge and in all manner of workmanship, to devise cunning works. So notice it's not to preach the gospel. It's not to heal the sick. But notice, to devise cunning works. These are natural things. To bring natural solutions. Creativity. To work in gold and in silver and in brass. Do you see that? And in cutting of stones. To set them. And in carving of timber. To work in all manner of workmanship. And I behold, I have given with him Aholiah, the son of Aishamak, of the tribe of Dan. And in the hearts of all that are wise-hearted, I have put wisdom that they may make all that I have commanded thee. God has shown Moses something spiritually. He is now stirring up men to bring him the physical solution for it. So Moses' faith is going to work with those natural solutions. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Another you must begin to teach children. We teach our kids God uses doctors. Better understand. And let me tell all of you now. God uses who? What is a doctor trying to do? To make you sick? No. To get you what? Well, oh, what is God trying to achieve for you too? The same thing. And I believe personally, being a doctor is not just a natural ambition. That thing is work. See blood and all those kind of things. All my secondary school mates, very brilliant guys, medical doctors today. And he said something recently. He said, you know, the first time he saw a cadaver. Cadaver is a dead body that he used for experiment. 
He said he just kept vomiting. And his friends looked at him and said, and you want to be a doctor like this? Because it's, it's just not normal. In the first place, what will even make a human being do all those kind of sacks? That you want to know how the heart works, how this one works. See, it's like, for the lack of a better word, it's like something beyond natural gratification. You can't really pay a person enough for that. Yeah. And I think one of the greatest injustices any government can do is to be owing doctors money. It's wickedness. That's not a normal thing to do. You open a human being, you cut him, and you're okay. Some of us cannot stand when they inject somebody. How can you be shooking somebody else? A fellow human being like you. But you know, they are doing it with a purpose. They will cut, do surgery, and all those things. For a person to be inclined to that is not ordinary. It's not ordinary. It's not ordinary. It is part of the goodness of God to help man. You will not be in faith to reject that when you need it. And that's what I'm trying to explain to you. Is somebody hearing what I'm saying? Because if you say you don't want to use doctors, you might as well start trekking on your, from now. If you want to go to UK, don't use play. It has to be against faith. Some of you don't get it that way. I'm going to explain to you now, you understand that you, if you say you don't want to use doctors, you don't, want, don't use plain, don't brush your teeth. Let angels clean it. Let the aroma of the presence of the Lord enter your mouth every morning when you wake up. Let the aura of God. <laughs> don't use soap, don't wash your clothes. Just leave it, hang it there. Say, angels, you have assignment today. So notice what God did. He put this wisdom in men to execute what he had shown Moses. Verse 7, the tabernacle of the congregation and the ark of the testimony and the mercy seat that is thereupon and all the furniture of the tabernacle. So notice it is clear that the Lord gives these abilities to men and to women. So you will notice now that it's just that in the case of Bezalel, God told Moses what he had done. So you who God didn't tell what he told Moses about Bezalel, you would see Bezalel, and like we normally do, we say he's just extremely talented. But God told Moses the secret behind him. He said, I put wisdom in him. Notice God didn't tell everybody about that. Go back, let me show you, let me show you. Exodus 31, 1. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, See, I have called by name Bezalel, the son of Uri, the son of Or, of the tribe of Judah, and I have filled him with the spirit. He is telling this only, so it's like God is explaining the genius that Moses will start seeing in the life of Bezalel. But it is not only Bezalel that exhibited those kind of things. And I will show you many, many more people in the Bible. If we didn't read it in the Bible, what Noah did, even, now that we, even though we read it, we've read it, is pure genius. He built an ark. An ark that kept him afloat with all the animals and his family. He built an ark. Nobody knew when God told him. So to the world, they look at Noah and say, wow. But we read because God showed Moses. I am the one who gave him all the specifications. 
Is it possible that even Bezalel did not know what God did to him? But Moses knew. This is God. Why? God said so. So when you see people with natural talents, God is behind it. I'll prove it more to you. Let's go on. So you see in this case now, the reason why we know all this is because God told Moses and Moses wrote it down for us to see. But notice he was not the only one that exhibited that. In Genesis chapter 2, sorry, before Genesis chapter, Genesis chapter 4, another example, verse 19 to 22. In this case, amazingly, nobody was told about this, but we can infer because of what we have seen. We see the implications. Genesis 4, 19 to 22. And Lamech took unto him two wives. The name of the one was Ada, and the name of the other, Zila. And Ada bed Jabal. He was the father of such as dwell in tents. Notice now, and of such as have cattle. So, men began to, by inspiration, choose a line of profession. They said this man was the father of those who were rare cattle. He had never seen anybody do that before. He just began to do that. That's not ordinary. That's not from him. So notice now, we didn't stop there, 21. And his brother's name was Jubal. He was the father of all such as handled the harp and the organ. You know, when you hear the word father, it means the first to do it. Are you getting all these things now? And Zila, she also bear to Balkane an instructor. Now, when you look at the word instructor, you would think he's talking about an instructor. No, it's not the same. An instructor actually means somebody who sharpens weapons. You know, sword. You know, make, that's, that's what it means. What you call in local parlance, pombe, pombe. Sorry, I don't have any English with you. I don't know. How. English is a limitation here. The spirit bears are infirmities. That's it. <laughs> you see, artifice, uh, every artificer in brass and iron, and the sister of Tubal-Cain was Nahama. Did you notice? All these men were doing these things that were natural remedies, natural solutions, natural creativity. Look at the one who is the, who is the instructor there that sharpens people's weapons. Is that not the solution? But he was the first to do it. You see what I'm saying now? So that solution, that natural solution, was inspired by God. And you will see now, because in Job 32 verse 8, let's go now. Now you will now realize, when he says, I have put the spirit of God in Bezalel, you understand what spirit is referring to. In Job 32 8, but there is a what? A spirit in man. And the inspiration of the Almighty does what? Give it them what? Give it them what? Give it them what? The word spirit is used interchangeably. It actually means the breath. And you will notice what that word breath means. Is in Genesis 2-7, you will see the word, And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground, and breathed into his nostrils the what? The breath of life. And man, he says, became a what? A living soul. That word breath here, actually is from the Hebrew word shama, which means, notice now, a divine inspiration. 
It also means the intellect, a divine intellect. So when he says, I have put the spirit of God, he's not the Holy Ghost. He's simply saying, I have put the intelligence of God inside him. The breath of God. The divine inspiration of God. He put inside him. It's the same thing he did in Genesis 2. He became a living soul. He is capable of what God can think as it were when it comes to natural things. Man is. How do you explain we fly in planes? That's not normal. Though. Every advancement man will come to discover is not new to God. Oh boy. You know the Lord told us that we are raising ambidextrous saints. That's not what I'm teaching. This is fake convention. But put this in your heart. Because I will teach it extensively very soon. This is how the spirit of excellence that is in you will find expression in your place of work. The intelligence of God is in natural man. Not man in Christ. Natural man. That's how you can explain why an unbeliever is winning Oscar, winning Grammy, and you see some of these guys, you can tell this talent is unusual. Because it is not normal. Why? God put it there. Yes. So, Michael Jackson, you think it's because uh, the devil empowered him? Satan creates nothing. He only perverts things. It's not normal. See that some of these musicians, the way they write songs, doesn't make sense. A normal, an ordinary person can't do it. And the guy is also writing hit after hit after hit after hit. Of course, you know them now. They now begin to use ganja. Why is he smoking that ganja? Because he knows that he needs to be in a realm to connect to that thing that he already knows is inside him. You don't need ganja. <laughs> My God. I said, what if I sit down now? But some of you know already. If you come around me now, I can begin to talk to you for the next six hours. And I will make sense throughout the six hours. But I know some things that if I don't do, I can't enter that flow. And it's not Igbo. <laughs> Tongues! <sky. laughs> That's what some of these boys need instead of Igbo. And the reason is because you see, it is something of God. So for you to keep it going, it's in a higher realm as it were. But that, those are things that are part of God's donation to every natural human being because God is benevolent. He's kind to the just and the unjust. God is not an irresponsible creator, not to talk of Father. Because he created man, he takes care of man. And part of what he does to man, even before the man is born again, is he gives him natural abilities to take care of himself. How else would people like Michael Jackson have survived? If the Holy Ghost is all you need to make it physically in life, how will unbelievers survive in life? So when I hear Christians ask questions as, how can somebody be Ibrahim and he's the best in your class when your name is Christian and, you know, and there are other, you know, there's Shadrach, there's Meshach, there's Matthew. And Ibrahim is the best student in the class. This is the reason. 
So when you see that Ibrahim, don't beef him. God is kind to him. There's only one you can tell that this Ibrahim, his intelligence is not normal. I know people who finish with first class. They were not serious students. I know one or two like that. They didn't used to go to class. He will pick the book. He will read everything. And he will pass. Oh, they are forces sir. And all the brothers, the brethren in the class, what can learn on it? Be learning star. <laughs> and this is the reason why the, the brethren were failing when Ibrahim was passing. Ibrahim is in touch with that divine inspiration that is a benevolent gift of God outside of Christ. The brother in Christ, he thinks that being in faith precludes him from using those natural talents. That's why he doesn't read. That's why. There is nothing you cannot understand. You to think of it, you that can understand revelation. Why would not be to understand physics? How? What physics is telling you? Is it not the same God who created it? And he created it as a lesser knowledge to the revelation of desire your spirit man. So if you are ready to know physics and that maths, sit down, stay up yourself, and let yourself know that, okay, see, I have capacity, even better ability now to understand this physics. So carry your physics and read it. But there is already a mentality inside you that these are things of the earth. These are things you read. Go read about John. Uh, what's his name now? Uh, what's the, the surgeon now? Ben, ben Carson. Himself and his brother were not doing well before. What did his mother do? She just removed all the things that distracted them and regimented their lives. See what he became academically. It means that naturally the ability is there. All you need to do is what? Bring it out. That's why I'm speaking there. I know human beings that are retarded. Though. Except maybe there's any health defect from birth or something like that. Yeah. And sometimes even the people they say they are retarded because of you know medical condition from birth. Have you noticed some of them become what's his name now? The man Virgin Atlantic. Richard Branson. He currently is even launching some campaign for dyslexia. He's a learning disability. See what he has become. With the so-called physical learning disability. See what he became. Some of the greatest scientists came with physical and even mental issues. Defects. Read now. Do you read? So even the people that you think should not be able to amount to anything because of what is a seeming disability. This thing is not about the physical. There is an inspiration here. <laughs> so, if God put it there and it is the faith of God, it can't be fighting against each other. Let, let me show you a little more so that you can be more convinced. I know you are convinced, but because you'll be able to explain yourself when you 
Say amen. So he says in Job 32, 8, but there is a spirit of man and the inspiration of the Almighty giveth them what? Understanding. So let's look at that word. Glory to God. The word understanding is the Hebrew word being. B-I-Y-N. Pronounced as being. It means to separate mentally or to distinguish. Did you see? It also means to be cunning. Not in a bad way. Cunning means you know, good with your hands and, and good intellectually. It means to be diligent, to be discerning. It also means to be eloquent. It means to inform, to instruct. Guess what? It also means to have intelligence, to know, to look well to, to mark, to perceive, to be prudent, to be skillful, to think. To view and to deal wisely. The word being. So he says the inspiration of the almighty giveth them this understanding. This being. Which is to be what? To be mentally. To be, to be able to separate mentally. To distinguish. To understand. To be cunning. To be diligent. So the, the inspiration of God. That the breath. Is God's intelligence in man. That makes man intelligent. Are you getting that now? Is God's intelligence in man. So he breathes that into man. Did you see that? And that makes man what? Intelligence. Every advancement of man today. Unfortunately those who are not in Christ. They will call it Eureka moments. And it's because that's the best way they can describe it. They just feel like something just. A flash of inspiration. Like some will say. Just like that. And truly that's what it is. It's a divine inspiration. Because it's above the man himself. And that is what we have seen in advancement in technology. Name it. A pastor who is a, a, a general, a father in the body of Christ in Nigeria, you know, called us to a meeting last year. Just a few of us like that. You know, I was telling him a few days ago, sent a message to me and said, he said he wants me to be in the next meeting again. And I really want to be there. And you know what he told us? He said, in the 90s, he gathered the instrumentalists in his church. And he was trying to communicate to them that he was hearing a beat, a rhythm. He said, but he tried to describe it because he's not a music person. But they couldn't get it. Guess what? He said, 2010, there, but I don't know whenever Timaya came out. He said, one day, he turned on his TV and Timaya was on TV. He said, as soon as he heard Timaya, that was the beat he heard in the 90s. A man of God. He told, I heard, not that uh, this, I was in the meeting with him. In the 90s, he said, I heard the beat. He said, I gathered all our instrumentalists and everything, blah, blah, blah. I'm talking about Dr. Tony Rappu. Yeah. He said, I gathered them. He said, I heard the sound. I was trying to describe it, but I, they couldn't get it. He said, even though I knew it. So when they play, everything they play was not it. But he said, I was trying to, but they shall didn't get it. He said, he heard Timaya. And he was like, that's the beat I heard. That's the beat I heard. Over 20 years before. He said, when he was driving in the car with Pastor David years back when he was in the deep. And from the airport. And he said, he looked at her, he said, Daddy, he said, I believe we can be here in Nigeria and many people can watch us at the same time all over the world. 
He said, I saw Facebook. He said, well, I didn't know what it was. He said, I was trying to describe the thing. How do you think Zuckerberg got Facebook? He will tell you it's not by reading books. Those are things that come by inspiration. Boom! Like that. The problem with many Christians is that you don't entertain it. Because when you told the people around you, they said you were crazy. That's why a child cannot be talking at home and saying, you know, I think we can do this and do that. And I say, That's how you are killing inspiration. Are you hearing what I'm saying now? Somebody can be hearing a beat in his head from nowhere. And you see this person just moving. But see what the worldly people have done with it now. Even you that is saved, you are dancing. That beat should have been our beat in the church. In the body of Christ. Are you hearing what I'm saying? It's challenging you, are we? <laughs> Before Ben Carson, there was no doctor that could separate Siamese twins. See, I say it again. Every discovery of man is not new to God. It's not new to God because it comes from him. Did God know that there will be such a problem? Yes. So what did he do? So hear me. It means that whatever solution man needs is among men. Oh, glory to God. <laughs> glory to Jesus. <laughs> you know, sometimes I feel, I feel like when you begin to touch on te- intellectual things, Christians are a little averse. But not in this church. And that's why we're looking at it. So that we're not presumptuous. Now, understand that these things have now been perverted by ungodly men. And Paul tells us how. Romans 1, 28-30. And even, notice now, and even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind. To those things, to do those things which are not convenient. Being filled, notice now, with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, malignity, whisperers, backbiters, haters of God. Notice the spiteful, proud boasters. Then guess what next? Inventors. Inventors. Of what? Disobedient to parents. If you read in the Amplified Classic, notice now, verse 30, slanderers, hateful to and hating God, full of insolence, arrogance, and boasting, inventors of new forms of evil. What does that tell you? Perversion. They now take that inspiration of God and use it to discover new ways of perpetrating what? Evil things. Where did all the idea of how you can make an atomic bomb or even nuclear weapons to wipe off people in a very large landmass come from? You'll be amazed to know. I crammed it sometime, but I've thrown it out of my head because I'm not trying to be a terrorist. How an atomic bomb can be made. I can recite it to you, but I've, I've thrown it out of my head because there was no neutral. I know a preacher who I learned it from him. From one of his. He's not a terrorist either. <laughs> Talking about Brother Mark Hankins. 
and it broke him down. Pam, pam, pam. You take this, blah, 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 blah. You have a bomb. Straight. But the amazing thing is that same thing that you put together to make a bomb can be used for creative purposes. So what has happened there is man has discovered it, but there is a perversion that now makes him to use that thing to invent new forms of what? Evil. The same doctor who is a gynecologist that can help you to deliver a baby can also help you to do what? Abort the baby. Because abortion is not of God. I be you support abortion. I be close to that woman. So, are you getting these things? Therefore, so understand that presumption is not faith. Presumption is not what. And part of the things about presumption is to refuse to use natural resources, natural solutions natural remedies. And the reason is because many don't understand that natural remedies, natural solutions, natural uh, uh, resources are from who? From the Lord. They are from the Lord. So what do we do with doctors? We receive doctors as agents of God. Are you hearing what I'm saying now? When we see a scientist that is, for example, social media of itself is amoral. Depends on what you want to use it for. So how should a believer consider social media? It's a good tool. And it's from God. You see the problem now? You are looking somehow. I told one of our sons who's a commissioner. And I said to him, you are a minister of God. He's a minister. Are you surprised? He's in your Bible. You don't need to enter transport. Let's go there. It's in your hand. Romans 13. That's why you will not be abusing Buhari again. Buhari is a minister of God. Don't laugh. Buhari is a minister of God. Ah. Yeah, let's go. From verse 1. Let every soul be subject to every what? To, unto the what? Higher powers. For there is no power but of God. The powers that be are what? Ordained of God. Whosoever therefore resisted the power. Resisted who? The ordinance of God. You know the power he's talking about is government. And they that resist shall receive to themselves what? When you break traffic rule. It's God you are disobeying. How many of you are guilty? Verse 3, for rulers are not a terror to good works, but to what? Evil. Will thou then not be afraid of the power? Do that which is good, and thou shalt have praise of the same. For he is... Oh yeah, oh yeah, read, 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 read by yourself. Who is he? To who? So, who is, uh, who is President Buhari now? Some of you are reading as a minister of God to D. To you. <laughs> Let me shock you. 
This is how you realize that whether you voted for the man or not, once he gets in that office, he becomes a minister of God to you for good. And it helps you understand human government is not man's idea. It's God's wisdom for there to be orderliness. It is the reason, therefore, why Paul, writing to Timothy, will say in 1 Timothy 2, that first of all, prayers, supplications, put it on the screen, intercessions, giving of thanks, be made unto God for all men. Put it there. Is it Quran you are opening? 1 Timothy 2. Come on now, quickly. Oh, yeah. For how many men? Verse 2. For kings and for all that are in what? What's the purpose? That we may lead a quiet and what? In all what? And that peaceable life there means orderliness in society. It's God's ordinance. Now, whoever we elect into that office, regardless, it is God's ordinance. Are you hear what I'm saying now? The inspiration to have government is from God. That's why you can't speak anyhow of the president as a Christian. You shouldn't. Now, that doesn't mean you have to agree with him, but you have to honor him. Again, another scripture, 1 Peter 2.17. Put it on the screen, 1 Peter 2.17. Honor all men, love the brotherhood, fear God, and do what? Honor the word, honor the king. King is what they, they had a, a you know, monarchy system in the Bible times. But today now we have democratic systems, so we have governments instead of kings, I mean governors, presidents, and, and all of that. Did you see that? So when I say somebody is a minister of God, you just saw that yourself, didn't you? He's a minister of God unto me. So notice what the Bible did not say. He is not a ministry gift. Do you understand? He is not a ministry gift, but he is a minister of God. Minister simply means a servant of God. That's what it means. You get what I'm saying now? So the Bible did not say he's a... So don't now go and call... Ah, Buari, Apostle. Ah! Because I did not teach you that one. I didn't say he's a ministry gift standing in the fivefold ministry. He's not the gifts of grace to men. He is a servant of God unto you for good in the context of orderliness in human society. For the maintenance of law and order. Are you getting that? That's why in Old Testament times, God will relate to kings. And even use unrighteous kings like Cyrus. And that's why, let me shock you. When a person occupies a governmental office, there is a divine protection on his life. Go and write it down. I'm telling you. Do you know how many people cause worry every day? He should have died. Why will those things not affect him? God is protecting him. You know how many people cause the president, cause the governor, say, don't go better for you. Your family go do this. You go do this. He's coming back on your head. Because he's a minister of God, God must keep him. <laughs> Beware of the way you use your mouth against people in government. Oh. Say, ah, who, Kony, 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 Kony. God say, ah, it's my minister you are causing like that. Use of your right hand. Say, Lord, I repent. From now, from now. 
concerning your ministers in government. I will not dishonor them again. Be serious about it in Jesus' name. Say amen to that. That's good teaching. I've given you serious spiritual home training. When you say Christian who talks about government, he doesn't have spiritual home training. Okay? So vote yeah, so that the minister in, that will be in power. <laughs> so when you say who can pay for election, you are looking at ministers, potential ministers. <laughs> so the kinds of ministers we have, we chose them, we made them. So check their credential before you anoint them as ministers. So election is a press of anointing. To anoint the minister that will rule over you. That's the truth. And that's why we've got to pray for them. It's a spiritual post. Demons lobby them. That's why I'm amazed when I see people who say they want to go into politics. And it's not solid as a Christian. The brotherhood does not even take his personal prayer life serious. He wants to go into government. And you are surprised that when he gets there, he begins to misbehave. Have you wondered why a president will come and he said he's going to tackle insecurity, do everything, blah, 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 and he's eight years after, he hasn't been able to do anything. It's not because he didn't want to. There are forces. Spiritual forces. You, you see, and I believe if any group of people ought to understand that, it should be believers. Because the Bible tells us clearly, there are demons, demon spirit that govern localities and nations. So what do you think they'll do when the president comes in with all his good intentions? They'll say, ah, we are here to support you. What? They're going to stop him. They're going to try to influence him. They're going to make sure they get their own people around him to hinder him. That's what is going on. As I believe anybody who says he wants to go into politics as a Christian, that is when your spiritual life should be hottest. When I was in part one, one of the patrons of my fellowship was one of the people in the uh, bench, Nigerian, you know, whatever, legal system, whatever. And he said he will go sometimes for cases, you know, Supreme Court and everything, and they, he will be chanting tongues because he is looking at somebody like this in front of him, chanting incantation. Right in front of him to his face. And he said there was a case he handled, he walked into the courtroom and he met a life bed, black, that spoke to him, life, and said, Ah, in this country, not uh, somewhere else. He said, What will you do? Will you now go back home? Then they ask, What's the reason why you did it? A John, a John. Because the devil has his own people. Anywhere you see authority and influence, Satan is there. Because that is what he needs to rule in the earth. God, of course, is there. Because also, that is what God needs in order to do what? Rule in the earth. Authority and influence, the devil comes after it. God is also interested in it. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So therefore... Let's not be presumptuous. Now, are there situations where, for example, a medical condition and you can choose not to, you know, use a medical procedure? Yes, it's possible. 
But let me just say this here concerning that. Number one, that has to be your personal decision and your personal conviction. I'll repeat it. Not only medicine now, in any area of life, like I told you, faith does not preclude natural resources, natural remedies, natural solutions, but faith does not depend or trust in them. Because faith is unidirectional. The only direction of faith is God. So what that means is that while we use medical intervention, use natural remedies, solutions, and resources, we use them trusting God. So if your medication, for example now, use your medication, but let your faith remain in who? In God. I learned from Brother Egan when he ministered healing to a lot of people, even at the brink of death, and he would tell them, don't stop your medication whilst you are receiving you know, the ministration of God's power. Keep using your drugs, keep using your drugs, go for your doctor's appointment. So, but keep coming. Keep hearing the word of God. We lay hands on you. We pray with you. Keep using your drugs. Because the drugs is not working. It's not hindering your faith. It's not stopping your faith. You see what I'm saying now? Alright? And when the healing has fully manifested, you've gone to the hospital, they've tested you, they see you are clear. Then of course you stop the drug because if you are not sick, why should you continue using the drugs? But don't stop using the drugs because you say you are in faith. Don't. I've seen many Christians who just say very unfounded things. Say me, I, I can never use drugs. No matter what I feel, blah, blah, blah. Calm down. There are cases where you need to use it. Because it will keep you alive so that you can actually build yourself in faith. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So don't be presumptuous. But is it possible that the Lord will tell you, don't take that medical procedure? Yes, it is. But notice again, it will come as a personal conviction that God will tell you. God is not going to ask me to tell you that if he has not first of all told you that. So that if as your pastor the Lord tells me to tell you that, it will be because he has first of all told you. So he's using me to confirm it to you. But I can't make that decision for you. No. Some people want to get, you know, their wives are in labor and sometimes they say, well, it's a CS they're going to do. And they ask, they call us and they say, yeah, that should we or should we not and all that. And the first question I ask every time is, what do you sense? Do you see it? Do you have any reason? Do you, have, do you sense any resistance in your heart about it? And when the couple says no, say, go ahead. And I'll tell you one simple secret, you know, especially medical issues. Except there is a word expressly from God, go with the experts. I'll repeat that one. It will save your life. Write it down. Except there is an express word from the Lord, go with the experts. Do what the experts said. Except God says no. And that no, don't forget again, he will tell you. God is not keeping malice with you. He will talk to you. He can use his servant as a confirmation. And by the way, when I say servant again, understand the protocol of divine leading. God speaks to you through known voices. You to reason. Why would God, in a critical situation of your life, use a stranger to communicate to you? That sounds unfair and cruel. That at the very important stages of your life, where you are at a critical point, and you need to hear from God, he will now go and use something you are not familiar with to talk to you. That's not fair. God doesn't do that. God speaks through known voices. Your pastor, 
a friend, a relative, a covenant friend, a fellow brother, sister in the Lord, people you are used to. This idea of a prophet from nowhere just pointing you out and singing you out and giving you all kinds of instruction is not scriptural. Be careful. Let me even shock you. The prophetic ministry in the New Testament is not to guide. Never to guide. Are you hearing what I'm saying now? It doesn't control you, tell you what to do. No! When Agabus came and prophesied to Paul, did he tell Paul what to do? No. He only said this will happen to you in Jerusalem. Whatever you now choose to do with that information, that's your choice. When Paul heard that word, Paul said, I'm going. Did Agabus say go or not go? He didn't say anything about that. He just gave the word and that's all. The job of a prophet is to just say, this is what I've seen. Now, what I've seen is not finality. God can reveal something so that we can pray against it. God can reveal something so that we can align ourselves with it. Whether we pray against or align is left to us. But the prophet has no duty to look at you and say, Toss, says the Lord. I say, Toss. <laughs> Pack your bags now, relocate or suffocate. <laughs> that's, not, that's not the Lord. Is it possible that prophets who do those things are really called of God? Yes. But they are human beings. So sometimes human beings overstep the limitations of what God has allowed them to do in the authority has given them. Of course, if a man continues that way, demonic spirits will start attending to him and he will become a false prophet eventually. Yet, there is a call on his life. So I must understand, as a minister of the gospel, you must know your limits. As I always tell you, it's not my duty to tell you who to marry. I would never do that. I'll never, I've never done it and I'll never do it. If you like, marry Satan. I will only counsel you against it. I don't know if, they, if you say, my fair. But I will not come for the wedding of Satan and you. But I'm not going to tell you who to marry. I'm not going to force you who to marry. I'm not going to tell you who to marry, actually. If you remain there, even if I sense him as well, this should be your husband. If you don't see it, you will remain single. And if while you are still waiting and you are dull of hearing, somebody else married that brother. Mm-hmm. We will rejoice with those ones. He said, but how is that possible? I've told you, there is no such thing as this, the person you must marry and whatever. Yeah. It, that's to show you that even God, when he has planned something, will not force it on you. He still leaves you to choose it or reject it. So if you reject the brother, I'll use him as an example because he's married. If you reject Larry now, he's married. You know he's married. His wife is behind him. She's looking already. She's concerned about what I'm saying. She's brother. It's an example. It's an illustration. A day, a day is an illustration. A day is an illustration. A day I say again, it's an illustration. I say, Dad, why are you using my husband? Okay, I'll not use him again. So, a certain brother, coincidentally, whose name is Larry, if I. <laughs> If a, if, a, if a lady is in the church now and he feels she's his wife and he prays and is convinced and even us as pastors over him and we see that yes, this is his wife. If that lady refuses to marry him, he is not bound to her. He has to move on with his life. And he will marry somebody else and he will be happily married till Jesus comes. And he wouldn't have missed anything. 
Now, that sister on the other hand too, has she missed God? Maybe temporarily. But does that mean that she will not be able to marry happily? Of course not. Because Max is that, it could be because she's not yet mature enough to pick that. And in such a case, what's going to happen is the fact that the Lord has many other brothers that can fit into the picture of her life. And what will God do? He will guide her to one of those brothers. And she will marry him. So that it's not a Larry will now see her tomorrow and say, you miss me, you miss God. No. You miss nothing. <laughs> you miss nothing entirely. <laughs> Are you getting what I'm saying now? It's like for those of you, if you've experienced breakup and everything, your destiny is not over. Keep living. And keep believing. Enjoy your walk with God. You'll meet somebody else. You will forget. This is what I explained to you. You will forget that it ever happened. Hmm. Okay. Sure. <laughs> so don't go and be sad somewhere now. And they say, Why are you not in service? You say, Oh, my is broken. Say relationship. Don't even say it about relationship. My man has come. <laughs> That's unbelievable. <laughs> there are men in Christ. See correct men. You can see Uche. See men. <laughs> I saw the way it was nodding. So when I said there are men. I said, <laughs> So you got to be careful. God is not going to just bring somebody from somewhere and then, in the name of prophetic, begin to control your lives. When you see people in the name of prophecy begin to control people, you know, thus says the Lord, do this today. Thus says the Lord, blah, 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 blah. There's a problem somewhere. There's a problem somewhere. Now, I've told you, as we grow in Christ, we become more dependent on God. You see what I'm saying now? Not that you wake up in the morning. Should I go out today? Look your phone. Dad, the sky is too blue this morning. I suspect something is about to happen. What do you think? What is the Lord saying? What he said yesterday is what he's saying now. Don't be asking me that kind of question. What's the Lord saying? No. A shepherd guides. Is what I'm saying now. I don't make decisions for people. No. I can't make your decisions for you. I will counsel you. If at the end of the day you say, well, this is what I want to do. If it's wrong, I'm going to do my best as your pastor, depending on the allowance you have given me in your life to prevent you from that wrong decision. Usually what I will do is to delay that decision because with time, things get clear. So if I feel you want to enter a relationship that I believe is wrong, what I'm going to do is to keep delaying that decision with the hope that as we delay it and keep praying for you, your eyes will open, you will see what we are talking about. Because at the end of the day, you must be the one to decide. Because if I say you should do enter that relationship now, by the time you are not married five years' time, it's be that you come and say, you see, you have made me, you have rendered me unmarried. And as you see me, so I don't like what I like in my life. It's part of the wisdom that a lot of pastors don't know and they've entered into trouble. Somebody beat his wife, beat his wife, beat his wife and the woman ran out of the house in the middle of the night and called her pastor and her pastor said she should come and sleep over in his house. He did not know the degree. I'm telling you a real life story. He did not know the degree to which the man had beaten her. 
She died in his house before daybreak. How will he come out of prison? He made a very foolish decision. There are many other places that woman could have gone besides his house. But in the name of I'm a pastor, God forbid that you have a husband that beats you. This illustration is an indirect way to tell you. You can call me, but you will not come to my house. You will not. There is police station, you can go there. There is hospital, you can go there. Now, if that woman died in the hospital, it's very simple. There is no crime anywhere. They will just trace it to the husband who did what, who beat her. In that story, I'm telling, I'm telling you, real life story. All right? My father and the Lord told us the story. All right? The woman died. Their husband who beat her incriminated the pastor. Did not even stop at saying that the pastor did something to his wife. Claimed that she was having an affair with the pastor. And all he was playing on was the foolishness of the, of the pastor. So there are some people when the pastor does it, some people will say he is not empathetic. It's not about being empathetic, it's about being what? Being wise. Are you hearing what I'm saying now? Yeah. Say amen to that. Amen. You are learning a lot of this. As a team head, be hearing this instruction that I'm giving you now. Don't say, ah, we are zealous for the Lord. After reading the zeal of the law. There's wisdom to it. So God will not send somebody to control you to make some decisions. There are personal decisions that will make. And I'll tell you because as we close, there are certain times where the natural resources, like we've seen, number one, generally, they can fail. Therefore, there are situations where God already knows they will fail. It is because of that that God can possibly now tell you, in this case, don't go after the natural remedy. I will supernaturally take care of you. And that's why you understand, therefore, that the natural remedy is of God in the first place. But God knows the limitations of those remedies. So, in his infinite knowledge, when he sees ahead that this thing is going to fail, he will tell you directly, child, I know this is a normal thing to do, but in this case, there's an exception. Don't go through the medical procedure. You're going to be fine. And that has happened to many people. I have experienced that before. Yes. I've experienced that before. When I lost my sleep, I couldn't sleep. They were telling me to use tablets. And I read the side effects of those tablets. So the Lord said to me, don't use the drugs. Your sleep will come back. Yeah. Those are the drugs that people have eaten. And it has turned to other things to them in their body. Yeah. That one, nobody prophesied that to me. I knew in my spirit. You don't need to take any drugs. Alright? Do this, do this. And then God gave revelation to mom said, start eating certain things, blah, blah, blah. Did that thing for less than a month, the sleep came back. And I had been given, see, I received a prescription from a consultant. A prescription that the drug, there is no body that can sell it to you without a doctor's prescription. When I read the side effects, things like hallucination. Hallucination. <laughs> <laughs> See, I'm already seeing spiritual things. Now to add all that kinds of things. I said, no, no, I don't know. <laughs> oh my God. 
But notice again, in that situation, nobody gave me any word. I heard the Lord. I said, you don't need that natural remedy. The sleep will come back. And it did. So, that's how to understand the life of faith. If the Lord didn't give a word, then you use what the expert is saying. Because there are cases where, even though you've read all the side effects, the Lord will tell you, use it, because that's what I want to use for you in this situation. And I will ensure that the side effects will not affect you. As I've told you that, use the remedies, but your faith must remain in who? In God. In God. Let me say to you, when we understand these things well, you can be sure we can get 100% results 100% of the time. That we don't have to lose people to untimely death. We don't have to. And let me say to you, just as it is in health, that is the same way sometimes you want to travel, you bought a ticket. And the Holy Ghost just tells you, cancel the flight. Don't go on that flight. And he'll tell you, go by road. When, of course, you know that the road is going to take longer. Yeah. And at the end of the day, you're wondering. These things have happened. I still saw a comment by somebody who said, I bought the ticket for the Dana flight that crashed. I saw the comment just last week. The person commented it last week. He said, I bought the ticket. But I woke up that day and I had a strong feeling in my heart to cancel that trip. He was supposed to be there. He would have been dead. Said I just had this just last week. I saw the comment. Somebody was recommending, you know, a, a flight. One of the uh, politicians was like, and I followed that guy. I can't lie, also, yeah. And I was like, oh, this uh, play, this this airline is good, blah blah blah. And somebody came and said, you know, if I, he was, he said, Dana, you know, is what I fly, even though that crash that happened, the, the uh, plane crash that happened, Dana plane crash, blah blah blah. blah I bought the tickets. So I woke up that day. I felt. A restraint not to travel. That's how I missed it. That restraint is not human brain. That's the Lord. Pulling. Some have shrugged it off. And they lost their lives. Because logically he thinks of it. Shabi is a plane. What's the big deal? I want to fly. It's going to make my trip faster. Yes. Normally that's what we should do. Faith is not against it. But there are times where God will tell you. I don't want you on that plane. Sometimes it's not because there's going to be a crash. Sometimes it might be that there's somebody on that plane God doesn't want you to meet. Are you hear what I'm saying now? Yeah. And this is why I told you the two things God said to me and I'm saying to you that every believer must master very importantly is how to be led by the Spirit and how to live by faith. Because those two things work together. In a case where the Lord has already led and given specific instruction not to do something, you can't say you are using faith to override that leading. Because faith works with the known will of God. So if God says, don't go out today, you don't say, I go by faith. I'm led out with peace. The mountains and the hills clap their hands. They won't clap their hands. They will crush you. Are you getting what we're saying here? So, that's the difference between faith, foolishness, and presumption. Stand to your feet. Were you blessed? This message was brought to you from the Heritage of Faith Church. Our vision is raising stronger believers. For more impactful resources, 
visit our website at www.hofng.org. God bless you.